You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. You know, when we witness God's glory or when we have an encounter with the Lord or when we really collide with the Lord in special moments in our lives, the will of God is always highlighted in our lives. Now, we know there's a hidden will of God and there is also a revealed will of God. The Word of God is His revealed will. But God doesn't tell you where you go to school. God doesn't tell you in the Bible which business you need to start. <laughs> he doesn't tell you which, which associations you need to have. That's all, you know, the hidden will of God for your life. So every time, you know, we spend time with the Lord in the secret place, God reveals things to us. There are people this evening, you know that God's got more for you than what you're experiencing today. There are people here, you in ministry, you know that God has got more for you, what you are experiencing in the ministry. You've, there's more for you in terms of infrastructure. There's more for you in terms of resources. There's more for you because you carry more in your heart and you know that God needs to get these things to you. It's just like you know you are just at, a, at, the, at the threshold of the higher purpose. You're experiencing His purpose, but you know there's just more. Who of you are experiencing that? And you thank God for everything that He's done. And you are grateful for that. But you are just not satisfied. <laughs> because you know we serve the God who can raise the dead. <laughs> We serve the God that can redeem time. We serve the God of the impossible. That's the God we serve. Now we read an account of Lazarus, a friend of Jesus, with whom Jesus, Jesus spent much time with, with him and his family in, his, in their home. And now all of a sudden Lazarus dies and Jesus gets called upon. But Jesus lingers a while before he gets to the tomb. A few days. In that time, Lazarus gets buried. He gets all wrapped up, head cloth, the whole thing, in a tomb, stone in front of the tomb. And Jesus arrives later. And let's see what happens here in John chapter 11, verse 40. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? Who believes in this place? Jesus says, if you believe, you will see my glory. You shall see what I'm able to do. You shall see how I can turn your situation around. He says in verse 41, so they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. You always hear me but I said it out loud for the sake of these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus, sure reason for existence on this planet. I wanna say to you today that there may be a stone right in front of you. But I, I'm saying to you today that God is standing in front of that stone. 
And God is saying to you, you need to be revealed. You need to be exposed because you cannot hide anymore. There's much more in you than what you thought. There's much more behind the stone that the, that the world has not seen yet. I have put things in you that needs to be revealed to this world. And God is standing in front of you and He's shouting out to you. Because you've, you, you thought you, you were living your purpose and you were. But guess what? There's just an upgrade coming to your life. There's just something else that I'm, at, I'm attending to in your life. You need to anticipate more. You need to expect more. You need to upgrade You need new software. Huh. I want to say to you, dead things respond to life. Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. Now he died. He was buried. Impossible for him in everyone's view that he could rise again. Impossible for him in everyone's opinion that he could live again. Impossible for him in everyone's estimation that he could rise up and become a testimony of God's goodness. You see, he had a purpose. But Jesus had a higher purpose for him. His purpose was to be a friend of Jesus in the prologue before the tomb. In the epilogue, his higher purpose was to be a friend with a testimony. I want to say to you today that God You are about to birth testimonies that will give glory to God, that will bring the name of God, magnify the name of God in your life and reveal His goodness and His faithfulness, even if you have been buried by the opinions of others, even if you have been slandered by others. Doesn't matter. Listen, our problem is not people. We know that the enemy attacks us through people and we know that God blesses us through people. But I want to say to you that God is silent. Silencing voices. God is silencing voices and God is saying, remove the stone because I've got someone behind that stone that I'm not done with. I've got someone in that grave that I'm not finished with. Yes, remove that stone. Yes, I'm redeeming time. I'm redeeming your seemingly wasted time and you thought it's over. You know the saying, it's not over until the fat lady sings. I want to say it's not over until Jesus says it's over. And He's not done with you. Hmm. I need to remind you that you are a life carrier. Even death is not final. Even being late in life is not final. I want to say to you, things in your life may have been delayed, but they are not denied. Yeah. 
God can still speak to someone who is dead for four days and say, roll away the stone. I'm not done with this person. I'm not done with Tish. I'm not done with Francisca. I'm not done with Gareth. I'm not done with you. I have not revealed in the slightest what I've put in you. Roll away the stone. You think you experience purpose. Let me show you a higher purpose. You think you've got a testimony? Let you give you a new one. I'm declaring over you today that God is resurrecting and revealing our very reason for being here and existing in this time. Our very reason. The enemy has tried to deceive you. The enemy has tried to hide you. The enemy has tried to bury you. But God God says, I have come to reveal you. Jesus is the one that said in John chapter 12, in verse, oh, John chapter 14, Verse 12 to 14, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. I just love the Nelson translation, by the way. It's not in my notes. It just says, well, you know, if you ask me for anything in my name and I don't have it, I'll just make it for you because I mean, I'm the creator, you know. (laughs) I'll just make it for you. (laughs) That's the God we serve. He creates stuff. That's, you know, that's why we can call things that are not as though they are because we serve the Creator. I know they don't exist. I know there's no life in that tomb, but I'm the life carrier. I speak life into that tomb. I speak resurrection into that tomb. I speak glory into that tomb because you're a life carrier. You see, there's a fragrance that needs to be released in our lives. And God is very much intentional in releasing that fragrance today. Some of you are going to smell much nicer than you are smelling tonight. This fragrance has a divine reason. Now, I don't know about you personally. I'm a person that is very much attracted to good smell. I love a good fragrance. I spend a lot of money on perfume. Me. More than my wife. <laughs> I just love it. And the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 2.15, our lives are like are a Christ-like fragrance. Rising up to God. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. The bride is awakening. Awakening to want to smell nice to the Lord. I don't want Him to bear bad, some bad odor coming from me. I want the Lord to enjoy a good and pleasing smell from my life. Living my life united with Christ releases this fragrance He loves. It pleases Him. Flowing with Him, being one with Him, living in a posture of surrender so that He can have His way. Now I want to read an account in John chapter 12, verse 1 to 11. 
Some days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. Now Lazarus, he's set free from his band-aids and all of those things, and he's been uh, called out of the tomb, and now he's living a life, his life again as a living testimony of Jesus' goodness, his, the God he serves as faithfulness, and his glorious God. And now he's, Jesus is coming there at his house and a dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor at Lazarus, Martha and Mary's house. And Mary served and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard and, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it. Wiping his feet with her hair, the house was filled with the fragrance. Verse 4. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, betray him, said, That perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor, he was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Now, let me say this. Giving our best and entrusting our life into the hands of God will write two stories simultaneously. That's what happened with Mary. She recognized something on Jesus and what Jesus was going to go through. She brought her best to anoint Jesus' feet and to minister to his heart. No one else recognized what was about to happen but Mary. I want to say to you today, there's not many people that recognize what God is up to in your life. And some may have an opinion and say, but why are we wasting this on you? Two stories are being declared simultaneously when God moves upon our lives. One story will evolve from God's heart about you, supporting our very reason and the other story will evolve from Satan's mind resisting the very reason God has put you on this earth. You see, the enemy will do everything he can to come against our very reason of existence. Mary was engaging with Jesus' higher purpose in this amazing scene that we've just read. She was recognizing someone no one else was recognizing. She was moving under the unction of God's Spirit and only one was recognizing this and that was Jesus Himself. I wanna say to you, she may have been in a tight spot right there being criticized by one of Jesus' disciples. As long as we are in that tight spot with God, it's okay. Now, feet washing 
is the wisdom of God. Believers used to overcome evil. It's a place of dominion exercise. Feet washing is a mystery and simply means the hidden truth of God. Washing one's others, one another's feet means serving one another, helping one another, bearing with one another, forgiving one another in the daily trenches of life. And who of you has come to realize we do go to trenches every week? Especially when you move in a kingly anointing. You go and fight your battles. But praise God, he was, He's already fought them for you. You just walk with Him. And He deals with those things. But you have to move in His wisdom. It's an unselfish, humble, serving place. It always requires humility. I want to talk about Mary. Mary takes feet washing just to another level. <laughs> this lady, I mean... Hair represents the crown of life. It also reveals something about the season of life we find ourselves in. The more gray I become or white I become, the wiser I become. I'm in a different season. <laughs> Apostle Allen huh, is white. <laughs> Lots of wisdom there. <laughs> it represents a season. Now Mary's application of the oil is especially humble and worshipful at the same time. Wiping of someone's feet was an act of servanthood and submission, adding to the sacrifice of the oil itself. Women in this era usually kept their hair covered in public. Mary's using her hair, not a towel, not a rag. She's using her hair to wipe Jesus' feet. While that image is merely odd in modern day eyes, in, this, in that era it was a deeply intimate, self-exposing act, putting her in a position of lowliness, of utter surrender. Her whole composure was filled with worship and submission to Christ. In this act, we see Mary ministering to Jesus' heart. We see the feet, but she was ministering to the heart. She was ministering to Him so that He can have the strength to go through what He was about to go through. His feet would need to hold and endure more pain that anyone could imagine. She was honoring God on a total unknown level that has never been witnessed before. God is calling us today to honor Him on a different scale. I want to say and declare this over the body of Christ wherever I go. You are being called to honor God on a different scale, on a, in a different dimension, with a different attitude, with an upscaled commitment, with a determination that you've never experienced or exhibited before, on a level that will actually shock people. 
I want to say this to you, the moment honor is shown in our homes, we set the stage for the supernatural and our home is permeated with His fragrance. Mary laid her reasons for being, her ambitions, her goals, her beauty. She gave all she had for what He was about to do. His higher purpose was knocking at His door. The cross, He had to go to the cross. Mary removed her cover from her hair. She removed any reservation that might be wanting to obstruct her very reason and let go of all her reservations. I want to say to you that God is mobilizing His army. God is mobilizing His people with a different attitude, a different sound, a different voice and a different walk. I want to say to you today that God is saying when you let go of your reservations and you allow me to rise up in your life, you'll be shocked to what I'm about to do in your life. People, things may try and stop you, but you will be unstoppable because you serve the God of the all-knowing. You serve the omnipotent God. You serve the all-powerful God. You serve the omniscient. God, I am everywhere and I'm putting things in order for you so that you can walk out your higher purpose in this world, in this life, on this planet. You've been sanctified, set apart for a greater purpose that you are experiencing today. She anointed the feet that would need to fight for every breath. Jesus would need for to reach the finish line. I want to say to you, Pastor Tish, you have a finish line ahead of you. You've got a race that you are running. You are in your lane. I don't know what it's costing you, but I want to say to you today that God has paid for that. God has already prepared the way. And God is saying, the more you surrender, the more success you will have. The more you go down in me, the higher you will go up in society and you will make the impact that I've called you to make because I'm a God with no, with no limitation. <sighs> listen, listen, listen. The feet of Jesus would need to lift Himself up for every breath until full punishment for our sin was executed. You see, feet represents travel. Feet represents movement, action, determination to reach our destination. When we move our feet, uh, when we move our feet, things happen. Let me tell you a little bit of science of the crucifixion. It is highly likely that Jesus' feet were nailed through the tops, as you see on that picture, as often pictured, just like this one. In this position, with the knees flexed at approximately 90 degrees, like this, okay? The weight of the body pushes down on the nails and the ankles support the weight. The nails would not drip through the soft tissue as it would have occurred with the hands. Again, the nail would cause severe nerve damage and causes acute pain. Normally to breathe in, the diaphragm, the, the large muscle that separates the chest cavity from the abdominal cavity must move down. This enlarges the chest cavity and air automatically moves into the lungs, inhalation. To exhale, the diaphragm rises 
which compresses the air in the lungs and forces the air out, exhalation. As Jesus hangs on the cross, the weight of His body pulls down on the diaphragm and the air moves into His lungs and remains there. So Jesus must push up on His nail feet, causing more pain to exhale. But He needs to exhale because Jesus needs to speak on the cross. In the midst of pain, in order to speak, air must pass over the vocal cords during exhalation. You see the gospel's note that Jesus spoke, you can go and count it, seven times from the cross. It is amazing that despite His pain, He pushes up to say, forgive them, forgive them, forgive them. As Jesus was moving around on a journey, executing His Father's purpose in different situations, there was still the higher purpose that was waiting for Him, the real reason for Him being on this earth. And He paid the price for that, for you and for me. I wanna say to you today that you may experience some prologue and some purpose of God for your life, but it's not the fullness that still God still has for you. There's still much more waiting for you. Mary anointed and prepared Jesus' feet for the epilogue. Let us anoint each other's feet so we can make it to the finish line. I wanna say to you, let us recognize the beautiful feet that brought the gospel. Let us celebrate each other. Let us encourage each other. Let us minister to each other. Let us love each other. You see, hate clouds judgment. You cannot think straight. Who wants to go through life never failing? Love never fails. Love never fails. Jesus was hanging on that cross and every time He had to lift Himself up. (sighs) Exhale. (sighs) Seven times. He hang on that cross, His feet needed strength. I'm speaking to your feet. I'm speaking to every place that you are hurting tonight. I'm speaking to every place where the enemy has tried to break you, tried to bury you, tried to put you out of arm's way so that God cannot use you. I wanna say to you tonight, I'm speaking over you. Your mistakes cannot bury you. God's grace is sufficient for you. I wanna say to you tonight that whatever the enemy has thrown against you, God says, I'm greater in you than he that is in the world. I'll take care of the things that is trying to destroy you, that is trying to limit you, that is trying to distract you. I'm taking care of those things in your life. If there's a Judas Iscariot in your life, tell him, for that. (laughs) And I wanna say, if you go on with this story, same story, the enemy was after Lazarus's testimony. They wanted to kill him again. Can you believe it? The guy died already, now they wanna kill him again. Okay. Ooh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, okay, you know when Jesus says, follow me, you know what follow me means? 
It means succeed me. It says, it actually means replace me. It means accompany me. It means come on behind me. Ah. I want to say this over your life today. God told me to declare this over you. I called you, son. I've called you, daughter. You are mine. You have been lost in your own illusion, in your own judgment, in your own perspective. In any state you found yourself in the past, no matter how good or bad, I've never left you. Your greatest sin and biggest mistake could not force me to turn my face away. You are my child. And your very reason is very much ahead of you. Rise to your feet. Rise to your feet. They may be tired, but rise to your feet. I'll give you all the strength you need. I want to say this to you. The penny needs to drop. You are not disqualified. You are qualified. <laughs>